Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus. One of the greatest things that our Father in Heaven did for us is that God our Father so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son. That whoever would believe in Him will not perish, but will have everlasting life. Our Father loves us so much that He sent His Son to die, Jesus Christ. As we go uh, for the rest of our day, I want you to have that in your heart today, how good our Father is. And then we're here today to celebrate that one truth that Jesus died on a cross and He was buried. And he was, he, he was risen. Same power that lives in you raised Jesus Christ from the dead. And today you and I can call upon our Father in our time of need. Amen. So we're going to do something a little different this morning. Is I'm going to go into the Word a little bit earlier. And then we, we're going to have some more worship, a longer time of worship at the end. Just as a response to today's message. So what I want you to do for a minute is I want you just to maybe turn to somebody next to you. Give them a fist bump, high five. Say you're glad they're here today. If you're single and you're looking for a date, go find the girl in the room you want to talk to. Find the room you want to talk to. Exchange numbers. Thank you guys. You just, you just. Amen. Whoop. memes come on well happy father's day uh we're glad you're here today and we're just going to get into the word before we do a couple of things firstly um we do have a mar- uh, a, a love is sweet marriage event this uh saturday night and it's for really anybody in the church but it's focused on married couples or dating couples or engaged couples or maybe one day you want to get a date praise god uh, so if you need a date, come out. Maybe you'll meet someone there. But uh, we're just having a worship time, hanging out. It's going to be a good time together. So this Friday, this Saturday night, upstairs on the third floor. I don't know what time it starts. I'm sorry. But um, it's all on the website. We sent you a text message. Uh, we sent you an email. By now, it, it should be in your veins. Love is sweet. And so uh, you sign up for those and get those text messages and stuff. Also, we're doing a new series coming up called Extraordinary. And, uh, you know, what we do really through uh, the last really 15, 16 weeks, we've been doing a lot of looking, you know, really uh, line by line, Bible study, doctrine, theology. It's been really good. But for the summer, we like to just pull it back a little bit and just tell stories. And so it's going to be super fun, man. Whenever we do this, it's always exciting. It's always great. Uh, we just talk about the characters in Scripture. We're going to do uh, really, I think, a nine or ten week series on uh, Elijah and Elisha. Uh, and we're just going to see how the, Elijah was a man and, uh, or a person just like you and me, uh, but God used him greatly. God provided for him. God was there for him. God used him. And that's what we're going to talk about. You and I are regular old folks, but man, God, we serve an extraordinary God who wants to do extraordinary things in our lives. And so you're going to be encouraged. It'll be encouraging. It'll be life-giving. It'll be a great time to bring your friends to church or family members to church because it's going to be a great time of worship and just hanging out together. Plus, all summer long, throughout the month, we'll have different moments. We'll do treats like popsicles and different fun things. And so make sure if you're in town, come to church. Amen? Amen. Come on, I'm going to say when you're in town, come to church. And I want you to say amen. Amen means let it be so. When you're in town, come to church. Amen. 
Let it be so in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. All right. Well, happy Father's Day. First thing, I want to greet my own father. He's watching here today uh, online all the way from Redmond, Oregon. Dad, you're a man of God. You're a man of patience. Um, and you're an incredible example of what it means to follow Jesus Christ uh, for 71 years. Uh, they're going into their 50, I think their 50th wedding anniversary, or 51st wedding anniversary. And uh, so you're a great man of God, and I'm, I'm honored to, to be called your son. Um, and so I'm just, uh, I want to just jump into this today. Fathers, uh, uh, today's message is continuing in our tongues of angels, but, but really, uh, it can be for you as well, fathers and men in the room. Uh, but one thing I want to just um, encourage you of to remember a few things about being a dad. Um, firstly, this couple of memes that, you know, Happy Father's Day to the man who still refuses to ask Google Maps for directions even when he doesn't know where he's going. Come on, here's another one. Fathers, so you probably can't read it, but it says, some dads are so great, they'll blow up your planet just to teach you a valuable life lesson. Good old Darth. <laughs> Dad Darth. And then I have this one. Oh, oh, on, oh, on, oh, Father's Day, remember you could be doing a lot worse. This lady's about to. I would like to say this is the mom in this situation who's, he's doing pretty darn good. But we don't know what was going to happen after the let go there. <laughs> so um, before we just dive into the scripture today, I want to just tell you that I don't even have to, um, well, I, I, I don't, I, I can, uh, but you should go online and just Google the empirical uh, statistical data that shows the active presence of a father in a home raises the statistical chance of your young people succeeding in life. Uh, statistically, when a father is in the home, uh, uh, children get higher grades. Statistically, when fathers are in the home, uh, uh, more often than not, they graduate from college. Statistically, it's, it, it, and I, I uh, am not saying that, that dads are better than mothers because mothers and dads are equal co-parts doing life together, but there's something supernatural, I believe, about a father being in the home, not just present in the home, but active in the home. Big difference. I tell this story a lot from when the beginning of the church. There was a time when Brea, she was probably three, playing on a playground, and uh, I was on my phone texting, and I was absolutely present in the moment. I was with Brea. She was playing. And what I didn't realize is that there was another man also playing with my daughter. And he was much older, and he was helping her up the slide and, you know, playing with her while I was on my phone. I was present, and this guy was being active. And then all of a sudden, I look up, and my daughter's gone, and I see this man walking with my daughter away. And uh, I went over there, and I said, what, you know, I said very Christian words. <laughs> I promise. Yeah. And I said, you better walk away, sir, or I'm going to gladly punch you in your throat. <laughs> so anyways, he, uh, he, I got him away, and I grabbed Ray, and the Holy Spirit just clearly spoke to my heart and said, Ryan, there's a difference between active or present and active. Choose to be an active father. And so let's not be the fathers that are just in the room. Let's be the fathers who are actively engaged in our children's life. Go Google it yourself. It's proven statistically your children will go farther, faster when fathers are present. If you're here today and you're a mom and you're, uh, and you're looking for a, a husband, we'll pray for you because we believe that obviously you're doing a great job carrying the grace of being a mom, but there's something powerful about having that dad. You find a, a, a male figure, find a, a pastor or uh, in a group, one of the young men there, just to encourage your children 
uh, as you're in this season of singleness before the Lord blesses you potentially with a, a spouse. For all the single dads in the room, I know our friend Curtis here is single today and, and a few others. Come on, I just want to give a shout out to Curtis. I don't know if there's any other single dads in the room, but come on, he's doing this. And, and uh, so doing a great job, Curtis. Eric um, already is smarter than you. So you're doing a good job. You could just, you know, quit now. He's going to be a billionaire, that's for sure. And uh, all the dads in the room, come on, if you're trying to have kids or you want to have kids one day, it's one of the greatest, um, it's one of the greatest ways to grow closer to Jesus uh, because it requires incredible patience and love. Uh, and I think Lindsay's in the room too. You know, yeah, Lindsay, there he is. So Lindsay's also a single dad too. So Lindsay, my friend, you're doing awesome, brother. And your, your son's here today. And so come on. All right, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to get into the Word today. What I want to just let you know that we're going to continue our Tongues of Angels series, and there's a reason why I named this series Tongues of Angels. If you've been in church for long enough, your mind would immediately go to the text that that is from. If you don't know, it's from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and it's called the Love Chapter, the Love Chapter, Love City Church. Come on now. It's the Love Chapter, and what it says in the very, very first scripture in verse 1, it says, if I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And this is why I chose not to call it uh, speaking in tongues, or I chose to call it, um, you know, anything else, unknown tongues. I chose the uh, tongues of angels on purpose as a reminder to you that the purpose of uh, what we're talking about in this series isn't just to be able to do something or to feel pressured to do something. It's to point you back to the heart of your father. That if you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, none of what we're talking about really matters. You got to go back to the heart of the whole goal is to take you back to your word, to take you back to your study, to take you back to Jesus, to take you back to him. You know, the Bible says very clearly that a day will come where tongues will cease. Prophecy will cease. And so what we're going to talk about today is that God has given you and I a gift, but this gift is simply for our benefit but can you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and never speak in tongues? Yes. Can you uh, have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and never speak in tongues? Absolutely. But does the Bible teach us that there is a gift of tongues that will bless your life and that Bible teaches us to earnestly desire it? The scripture says yes. And what I want to do today is I want to take a moment. I'm just going to do a little bit of teaching And then at the end of our time, I'm going to bring it down to how it will relate to each and every one of you here today and how this gift will absolutely, as I text you this morning, the church this morning, I sincerely believe that what I'm going to share with you today could be the difference maker for you in your life. I believe it with all my heart. I know it from personal experience in my own life. I know that what I'm about to share with you, if you would open up your heart, if you would open your mind, if you would push aside this ideology that we have to, we don't understand everything in Scripture. The only reason you and I understand anything in Scripture is because of the Holy Spirit revealing it to us. And so my prayer today would be is that the Holy Spirit, would you, Holy Spirit, would you open our, our minds today? Would you open our hearts today? Not the rational intellectual thinking of humanism, but God, whatever you want to do in our lives, God, whatever you want to say to our lives, God, however you want to change our lives, God, if it's in your word, we want it. Amen? I don't understand it. I don't get it. Today, I'm going to share things with you that I actually don't understand. The point is, Lord, I love you and I trust you and your word is true and every man is a liar. 
It's the only absolute truth we have is the Word of God. And if we look at the Word of God and we see that it's there, I don't always understand it, Lord, but Father, whatever you have for me, I want it. And my prayer today would be uh, that you also would be the number one dad. My son made this for me. Isn't that great? So I, I did better than you did this Father's Day. I'm the number one dad. So Andrew, you are number two. All right, well, let's get into it here today. Um, I want to bring a few points of clarity from last week. I want to just identify that we identified two, uh, really, today I'm going to bring even, drill down even deeper into this idea of speaking in tongues. But last week we identified that there's actually two uh, different movements of the Spirit in our life. One of them is when you become a follower of Jesus Christ, you remember that the Holy Spirit dwells inside of you. You now have the Holy Spirit, the advocate, the comforter, God, who has a personality, who's a person, God himself, lives inside of you now. When you accept Jesus Christ, he fills you, he leads you, he convicts you, he changes you. You say, Ryan, I felt the baptism. Maybe you say, I felt the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I feel him. No, no, that's the indwelling of the Holy Spirit inside of you. He's in you. He's with you. Today, man, what a powerful time of worship today. You say, man, I felt God. Was that the baptism of the Holy Spirit? No, that was the Holy Spirit. He's in you. He's with you. He's omniscient. He's omnipresent. He's always at our side. The Holy Spirit absolutely lives within you. And what we identified is that there is the indwelling of the Holy Spirit that we, we look back in Scripture and see that the disciples cast out demons and did all these things. The Holy Spirit was with them. They believed that when you confess Jesus Christ as Lord, God now lives within you. The Holy Spirit lives within you. He's guiding you. He's speaking to you. He's comforting you. He's convicting you. He's leading you. He's speaking to you. He's whispering to you. He's helping you. He's, he's doing these things in your life. Fruits of the Spirit begin to come out of our life. There's revelation of Scripture. Scripture, all of these things happen as a follower of Jesus Christ. You don't have to speak in tongues to experience the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. You get to experience him because you're a follower of Jesus Christ. Praise God, amen. Isn't it amazing that God didn't have caveats like that? Well, you better speak in tongues or you're not going to fill the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Praise God that he's so generous and faithful that even though we are wicked, broken, disgusting people, the Holy Spirit still decides to live within us. If you only knew what was going on in my heart and my life, because our hearts are wicked beyond measure, the Holy Spirit still chooses to come and live within us because he's transforming us and he's making us new. Isn't that awesome? There was also the, the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, as I showed you last week, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So the indwelling is inside, the outpouring is on the outside. So here's my question. If you have been baptized in the Holy Spirit, what is the evidence? Now, if we look at Scripture, primarily through the book of Acts, we see that when the Holy Spirit is baptizing people, when they pray that they'll receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I'm only telling you what Scripture says. More often than not, almost all of the time, there is the baptism of the Holy Spirit by evidence of speaking in tongues. That is the primary way way in Scripture that we see the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But let me clarify something to you. This may not be the only sign. I want you to listen. Ernest Gentile wrote a really great book called God and His Word. He says this, the Bible does not say that you must speak in tongues to have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but 
It does teach us by illustration. So just what's in scripture? That if you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you will be given the immediate evidence of speaking in tongues. So what this is saying is this, that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is evidenced predominantly in scripture through a, uh, an unknown tongue that we are given as a gift by the Holy Spirit. There are other things. You say, Ryan, why? I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. I say, okay, well, what is the evidence of it? Do you speak in tongues? Well, no. Have you ever seen a miracle? Well, no. Have you ever seen a demon cast out? Well, no. So maybe you have. Maybe you haven't. So there are other things in Scripture that would be evidential things that reveal to us the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But we see in Scripture, the primary thing we see is the evidence of speaking in tongues. In fact, look what Peter said in the book of Acts. Peter stepped, they just had began to speak in unknown languages with the 11 other apostles. Listen carefully, they all, all the people started hearing uh, them talk in these unknown languages and came running. Listen carefully, all you of you fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. Let's all just agree. Getting drunk, at, well, getting drunk at all is a sin. We'll hear that today, but, you know, just try not to drink before nine o'clock, okay? <laughs> Take it easy. You're like, it's nine o'clock somewhere. Yes, but not here. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so no, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. So long ago, the prophet Joel prophesied, in the last days, which we're living in right now, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Remember, this is on the heels of the church being filled with the spirit and they spoke with unknown languages. So that just happened. And Peter says, no, what's happening right now is in the last days, God is pouring out his spirit. Your sons and daughters will, so here's a sign of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. If you start seeing dreams, you're getting old. Just know that. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants. I love this. I love how they say this, both men and women alike, praise God. And they will prophesy. Now, Joel prophesied about the outpouring of the spirit and didn't mention tongues. But... Peter said, no, what you're experiencing right now, the tongue that is happening right now is the evidence of the outpouring of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But not only that, you will also see prophecy, visions, and dreams. So these are all evidences, but throughout scripture, we see that the initial evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, not the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is speaking in tongues. But there might be other expressions of that. When God comes down, you begin to prophesy. God, Holy Spirit comes down, you begin to see visions. God comes down in the night. If you're dreaming while you're awake, that's a problem. You start to sleep and have dreams. The Holy Spirit's coming down. So I just wanna make that clear to you that there are other evidences of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But if you read through the book of Acts, tongues is predominantly the primary evidence of that baptism. That make sense? Okay, just want to bring that up. A little bit of teaching here today, but I wanted just to help you understand this thing. So now let's go to the next layer of teaching here today. And what we're going to do here today is we're going to go a little bit deeper. Um, and media team, um, just so you know, I only have down to 11 slides, and I have a lot more than that. So uh, can you fix that for me? And then um, I'm going to keep going, and you join me here when you are ready. Let's give our team back there a big hand. 
Okay, they're back now. Praise God. Wow, that was awesome. We just said thank you, and the Lord just did it. Amen? All right. Thank you, Jesus, the Holy Spirit. Okay, so you might not know this. Many of you have grown up in church. Maybe you grew up in a charismatic Pentecostal church. Maybe you grew up uh, where, where tongues was common, but maybe you didn't get taught about tongues. You just thought everyone did it. Or maybe you grew up in, in like an Anglican church or maybe even an Alliance church. And you're like, okay, those are, or, or a Baptist church and say, you know, we don't speak in tongues. Or an Alliance church would be more in the middle where they'd say, well, we believe it, but we don't necessarily do it. And so what I'm going to try to do today is just give you an understanding of what the Bible says. What does the Bible say? Uh, what does the Bible teach us? Do you know the Bible actually teaches there are three different expressions of tongues? There isn't just one. There's three. And we see that you have to read Scripture in context. Now, I told you, I'm going to do a little bit of teaching, and then we'll get into the more uh, applicable uh, stuff for you uh, in a moment. But there's three different expressions of tongues that we find in Scripture, and this you have to look at the context in which Paul is teaching. And so the first one that we see in Scripture is the temporary gift of tongues. This is referring specifically to the nine gifts of the Spirit in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Look at the Scripture. He says this. Okay, so the Holy Spirit gives one person the power to perform miracles. Now, remember, we believe everything written in Scripture is for today, man. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. So here we see, and this scripture specifically is referring to the, the nine gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that is specifically referring to something uh, different than maybe two other of these types of expressions. It's important you understand this because this type of tongue often is, is coupled with the interpretation. And so we see that this is a grace gift. And so this tongue could either be a, a language of earth. In fact, Acts chapter 2 the scripture that many people use as a, as, a, as a way to promote speaking in unknown dialects actually doesn't show us unknown dialects. Acts chapter 2 shows us speaking in earthly, natural languages. Look what it says in Acts chapter 2. It says this, Everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. And that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. And when they heard the loud noise, everyone came running and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be? They exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee. And yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. And we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things that God has done. And so in this moment, we see at that moment, we, we don't see these disciples speaking again in Scripture with a natural, earthly language. It was this moment here, and it could have been a couple of things. It could have been maybe they spoke in an unknown language and God interpreted it for them. But, or it could have been they just spoke in French and Spanish and Arabic and all these different languages from the people that were there, and each of them heard. I've heard stories of this all the time of people walking on the missions field, and they walk into an unknown tribe, and they open their mouth and begin to speak in a language that they don't know what it is, but what they're doing is speaking the native language, and everyone gets saved. And so this gift, this gift of the Holy Spirit is one of the temporary gifts that is given to the church, and it might be a tongue of angels. So it could be both. 1 Corinthians 13, uh, uh, 12, verse 10 again 
says that he gives one person the ability to speak in unknown languages while, the, uh, while another is given the ability to interpret what he said. So here's the point, is this. This is available to all believers, but this is a temporary endowment of the Holy Spirit. Temporary. This is to be on occasion. This isn't to happen all the, this doesn't happen all the time. This is to be used publicly simply to edify the church. This is about edifying the church and it must be accompanied by an interpretation. I've had people throughout the years, 23 years now in ministry, come to me and say, I got a tongue and interpretation. I'm like, well, do you know the interpretation? They say, yes. I'm like, then just give us the interpretation. We don't need to hear you speak in tongues and then give an interpretation. Now, many of you probably never experienced that before. We've had it happen, I think, two or three times. And I believe actually Ryan Voros has the gift of tongues because Ryan Voros is always the one who comes up to me and says, I have a tongue. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And every single time, it was last Wednesday, uh, he gave a tongue. Uh, and it was just in this moment of prayer. And Pastor James gave the interpretation. I don't understand it. It doesn't make any sense to me. But man, what Pastor James said sure encouraged my soul. So yeah, it's a little awkward and a little weird. Like, hello. Like, we're, let's not pretend it's weird, okay? <laughs> we're all like, you know, are we supposed to be okay with this? No, it's always weird. But it's a temporary endowment of the Holy Spirit. It's only by the leading and prompting of God, and it doesn't happen very often. It's on occasion, and it's a temporary endowment. Now, here's the second one. I'm gonna get through these so I can get to the third one, which I think impacts all of us. Here is this, the ministry of tongues. We have the gift of tongues, which is the nine gifts of the Spirit, but we also have in this the ministry of the tongues, which is, which is the, like I mentioned, I believe Ryan has this gifting, actually, the gift of tongues as a office or a ministry in the church. Look at this. So here in the same passage of Scripture, context matters. Paul changes the, 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 the description of what he's talking about. Now he says, okay, now here are some of the parts God has appointed for the church. So here are some ministries God has given to the church. First are apostles, second are prophets, third are teachers, then those who do miracles, those who have the gift of healing, those who can help others, those who have the gift of leadership, those who speak in unknown languages. So here we see Paul has changed his, his, his way of speaking and saying, now I'm not just talking about the temporary endowment, now I'm talking about a permanent gift upon an individual to bless the church. Look what he says. In verse, uh, I think it's 29. Are we all apostles? Are we all prophets? Are we all teachers? Do we all have the power to do miracles? Do we all have the gift of healing? Do we all have the ability to speak in unknown languages? Do we all have the ability to interpret unknown languages? He says, of course not. He's like, die, you dorks. Of course not. Like, why would you assume that if God, like in his language, it's like, why, why does he say, of course not? Like, am I supposed to know that? I feel so stupid when he says that. I'm like, oh, shoot, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, of course not. <laughs> It's like, of course not, church. Of course not everybody has, not everyone in the room is an apostle. Not everyone in the room is a prophet. Not everyone in the room can, has the gift of healing. Not everyone in the room can speak in unknown languages. So what he's saying here is that there is a ministry, a God-given ministry, a divine ministry, which is available to a few people, which is a permanent ministry, which is to be used regularly, publicly, and is to be accompanied by interpretation. Now, we don't do these types of things on a Sunday gathering. Here's why. Because Sunday gathering, is we have all sorts of folks in the room. We have people in the room maybe have never been to church before. 
We have people in the room who are new believers, and we have people who've been on all sorts of spectrums. And I believe that the role of Sunday gathering is to celebrate Jesus, to worship together, to tell the testimonies of what God's doing, to study the Bible together, to develop community, but to have body ministry where we're ministering. That's our Wednesday nights. That's in our groups. And so if you're like, I want to be a part of that, come on Wednesday, because we're ministering and prophesying and encouraging, and there's some tongues, and there's it's powerful. It's a powerful time in God's presence on Wednesdays and in your groups. So you say, man, I want to use my gifting that God's given me. Well, that's why you join a group. Amen? Amen. That's why you come on Wednesday, because those are the environments you can do that. We see here that this is a ministry. Now, many people will use this scripture to say that tongues is not for today. Many people will use this scripture to say that they ceased or that only some things are for today. And this passage seems to indicate that not all speak with tongues, so therefore only, like, it's not something that is for today. Again, however, this context is not talking about every person. This context is talking about the specific gift of ministry God has given to specific individuals in the body of Christ. He's saying not all of us are going to have the gifting of tongues and interpretation. Not all of us are going to have that gifting, only a few. And so it's very important we recognize that Jesus also said, these signs will accompany those who what? Believe. In my name, they will drive out demons and they will speak in new tongues. So today... We're driving out demons, and we're speaking in tongues. Why? Because you believe. Come on, Socrates didn't say this. Plato didn't say this. Muhammad didn't say this. Jesus said this. So I can't just say, I don't, I like, I don't like any of them, actually. No, no, no. People who believe, they will have the power to drive out demons. People who believe will speak in new tongues. It's proven in Scripture. Look at this in John 7. Whoever believes in me, as the Scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. John, the disciple of Jesus, who is the best friend of Jesus, who was there when Jesus raised the dead and healed the sick, Jesus walked and talked. He was also there on Acts chapter 2 when the Holy Spirit came down. He's the one writing this, looking back on the life of Christ, saying, by this he meant the Spirit whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given. The baptism of the Holy Spirit had not, because they were with Jesus. They didn't need the Holy Spirit. Since Jesus had not been yet glorified, he says, this is something that every believer will have an opportunity to receive. And this gifting and scripture, so we have the gifts, of the, the, the nine gifts, there's many others, but nine gifts in, in, that, that encourage the body. It's a temporary thing. You're in a service. Holy Spirit speaks to you and you start just wells up within you and it just comes out. Now, I encourage you not to let it come out uh, out loud during the service. If you, you come down and talk to me and if there's time, we'll create space. But generally, those are Wednesday nights groups. You say, oh man, something's welling up within me and you speak in your own tongue. And if it's Lord, someone else will have the interpretation. If it's not, you just got a chance to speak in tongues in public awkwardly. <laughs> just step out in faith. <laughs> Some of us have the gift of apostles. Some of us have the gift of, of prophets. Some of us have the gift. Not everyone has that gift, but we, those gifts are given to the body to serve one another, to strengthen the church. The purpose of those giftings of the body, the gift of, of prophet or the gift of those things isn't to do works of ministry. It's so I can prophesy. It's to teach others how to prophesy. It's to teach others how to do apostolic things. It's, it's the, the equipping of saints, not just the doing of ministry. So now, okay, so now we got past that kind of biblical understanding of what Scripture, I think, clearly teaches, let's look at the third one. 
which I believe is for every father here, for every person here, I believe is a game changer for my life and for your life. The third one we hear, we see today is this different expressions of tongues, your personal and private way to communicate with God directly. It's your personal and your private uh, supernatural tongue. Now, the truth is this. The first two is up to God. God gives the gift of, of tongues and the, that occasion to whoever he chooses. God gives that gift of, of, of the ministry of tongues to whoever he chooses. This is the one that he says everybody can have it. This is the one in Scripture we see where he says everybody. And this isn't so that you can get up and do ministry. This isn't for the church. This is for you. This doesn't edify the body. This edifies you. This is the difference maker for you. I've had times and I've read my word and I'm, not, I'm feeling out of it. I've read my word and I've prayed the prayers and I've talked to the pastors and I've done everything I could do and there's nothing left but to speak in my spiritual language. It, it, it's a, a gift and a tool that God has given us to break through. Why? Because when I pray in my tongue, I am not praying in English. I am praying directly to God, the very, very perfect will of God for my life. Let me show it to you in scripture today. There's some benefits of this in your life. The benefits of having the Spirit is that the, the, this, this tongue that God wants to give you is that every single believer here today will be able to receive it. It's a gift. And not only that, the point of it is not to understand it. With the other two, the point was there has to be some understanding. You can't just speak in tongues in church. Okay, that's why I never speak in tongues in the mic because I don't believe it's right. I believe the Bible teaches us just to prophesy, just to preach the word. The reason I don't do that is because if there's no understanding, it doesn't benefit you if I get up here and show you how good I can speak in my tongue. It doesn't benefit you. That's why those first two requires interpretation. This one, here's the challenge. We don't understand what we're saying. And so our intellectual human mind says, nope. I don't understand it. I don't get it. It's weird. Or I've seen people abuse it, and I have too, and that's why I'm teaching this series. Because I want you to experience what it's like to have this gift of the Holy Spirit that is a benefit to you. And it was the devil's strategy to, not, to misuse it in churches so that you will say to yourself, I don't want it if it's going to cause people to be weird and create weird environments. Well, I'm with you. That's why we're building our church is to create an environment that believes every single thing written in Scripture. Even if it's a little weird. We want to keep it balanced. We want to keep it right. We want to keep it about love. We want to keep it about knowing Jesus. But the best part about this is that this isn't something you'd come to me in church and do. This is you in your car. This is you at home. This is you in your own life, speaking in your own spiritual language. It's not about proving it to each other that you can do it. It's not this thing you go around and let's just speak in tongues together and be weird about it. No, you just go and wherever you're experiencing in your life, you just begin to just exercise this unknown tongue. And I'm gonna teach you how it impacts you. It will impact your worship. It's a way to magnify and praise and worship God without your added words. It's a way to worship God perfectly. 
Acts chapter 10, when the, the, this is called the Pentecost for the Gentiles, uh, the Jews had only received the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, which is interesting because when it happened in Acts chapter 10 for the Gentiles, this wasn't a human language. This was absolutely an unknown tongue. It was speaking in tongues in Acts chapter 10. Look what he says. The Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed at the gift of the Holy Spirit. Everyone say gift. Yes. Had been poured out on the Gentiles too, for they heard them speaking in other tongues and praising God. So they're speaking in this tongue I don't understand, and they're also using their natural language to praise God. What they did was they coupled these two things together. That when we praise God, the accompaniment of our tongue, there's something supernatural that happens. Look what it says in 1 Corinthians 14. Well, then what shall I do? Everyone say, do. I will sing in the Spirit... And I will also sing in words. I understand. I don't know if that could be any more clear to us that what I'm singing here, I don't understand. The next scripture here, Ephesians 5. Don't be drunk with wine. Let me just say, it's not, it's a sin to be drunk with wine. Can I just say that? But notice it doesn't say don't drink wine. It doesn't tell you not to drink wine. It just says don't be drunk with wine. Why? Because that will ruin your life. <laughs> Why, Paul? Because it'll mess you up, bro. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Look at this. Singing psalms and hymns. Look at this. And spiritual songs. Look at this. I love this. Among yourselves and making music to the Lord. And Look at this. I love this. Among yourselves in your heart. This is for all the people who didn't make the worship team. <laughs> Paul's like, making music to the Lord. Oh, in your heart, please. I've heard you guys. <laughs> Why did he do that? Why, did he, why can't I say that out loud, man? <laughs> Is it really that bad? Just make it in your heart, guys. Oh, yeah. For the Coloss- the church of Colossians, you know, he's like, oh, guys, just say it out loud. You guys are awesome. Singing these spiritual songs. Be fi- he says, be filled with the Spirit. And the evidence of being filled with the Spirit is, man, you're going to sing psalms and hymns. Psalms is the Bible, scriptures. Uh, hymns are man-written songs. And spiritual songs are songs that are, that are, that are spiritual, come from the, abundant, the, the rivers of living water coming out of us. When you come into worship and you aren't feeling it, when you're distracted or tired or discouraged, just begin to sing in tongues. Begin to sing in tongues. And I do this all the time. I, I, generally, I'm down here in the corner walking around like a madman and Sometimes I just don't feel it. Sometimes I'm like, I don't like this song. Or sometimes I'm like, I don't like this tempo. My, my wife knows. Sometimes I'm like, I don't like how they ended that. Or I don't like the lyrics are off. Or the lights aren't off. Or I'm just like thinking about everything. I'm like, oh, what are we going to do this weekend? I'm going camp with my son today. What are we going to do tonight? Literally, I'm like, the goodness of God. I'm like, pork and beans for dinner. Is that what I do? <laughs> Holy Spirit, I begin to speak in my spiritual language and something supernatural begins to... This is a supernatural way to tell my soul, soul, I will yet praise the Lord. I begin to speak in my spiritual language. The second thing that it impacts in your life, it impacts your prayer life. By speaking in tongues, listen, you are speaking directly to God. 1 Corinthians 14, 2, look, for if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God since people won't be able to understand you. You're literally talking only to God. What a powerful tool 
when I'm just feeling out of it and I don't want to talk to people and I don't know what to say to God, what do I do? I begin to speak in my spiritual language. And what happens is, is that something inside of me, I am literally having a direct connection to God. I'm not talking about myself. I'm not talking about my world. I'm not talking about Justin Trudeau or the government or what's going on. Or I'm not frustrated about the traffic. I'm just speaking exactly what my soul needs to hear. By speaking in tongues, we have the ability to pray the perfect perfect will of God. You can speak the, you can pray the perfect will of God. You will be speaking by the power of the Spirit, but it will be mysterious. For if I pray in a tongue, look at this, what's praying? My spirit. Another translation, look what it says. It says, my, uh, for if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit, by the Holy Spirit in me prays, but my mind is unproductive. It bears no fruit and helps nobody. So when I'm speaking in this unknown tongue, something's happening, I begin to pray the perfect will of God. And when I don't know what to pray for, the Holy Spirit is praying within me. In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us. And as we begin to speak in our spiritual language, when you don't know what to pray for, what happens is, is that the Holy Spirit begins to pray the perfect will of God for your life. How many of you know that when you pray often and I pray, we generally pray our own will, don't we? God, I would love you to call me to Hawaii, Lord. Lord, there's my spouse. Look at him. Look at her. They're the one for me, God, in Jesus' name. When I speak in my spiritual language, all of my selfish agenda is left out of the way. And I'm literally advancing the purposes of God in my life by praying these things out loud. Speaking in tongues is where we can war against the evil one. Fathers, you got to hear me today. I've been a father now for 13 years. We celebrated our 17-year anniversary yesterday. My wife and I did, and we have 13-year-old and an 11-year-old. 13 years of being a dad, let me tell you something. I know how the devil likes to attack a family. It's from the weakest ones. He likes to attack our children. The scripture tells us in Ephesians, look at this, we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. And that's why we have to pray, look at the same scripture, pray in the spirit at all times. On every occasion, stay alert. Be persistent. And then he continues, we are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. I have had times in my life when I have, my son has come up saying, Dad, I just had this demonic, brutal dream, and he's afraid, and he's anxious, and he's nervous for my daughter who doesn't even want to go outside because she's afraid. The fear, spirit of fear is on her. And I begin to speak in my spiritual language, and I begin to war against the strategy of the evil one. You know the best part? The devil doesn't understand tongues. So when you're trying to speak in your human language, Satan, I rebuke you, that's good. But when you go into your spiritual language, guess what? The Holy Spirit is rebuking the devourer over your life. There is a tool that God has given you, fathers, 
to fight against the works of the evil one who wants to come and kill and steal and destroy your young little children or your marriage, you begin to speak in your spiritual language. I do it every day and I walk outside and I speak in my spiritual language because I know the Holy Spirit is praying on my behalf against the strongholds and the works and the schemes of the devil one, of the devil who's been trying to take me out been trying to cause sickness. He's been trying to cause confusion. He's been trying to cause problems. He's been trying to see doubt. He's been trying to cause our friction between my marriage. He's been trying to come against my family. Why? Because the devil only messes with people who are going to make a difference in the world. So if the devil's messing with you, take joy, my little children, the Lord says, because you've been given a tool to stand against the evil one by beginning to speak in your spiritual language. Well, Ryan, I don't want to speak in tongues. You are missing out on a gift that God has given you. He's given you a supernatural gift to fight the very works of the evil one. And lastly here today, and I'll end my time with you today, it's the most powerful way to strengthen yourself in God. Remember, The journey of being a follower of Jesus Christ is not how you start this journey. It's how you end it. The Dickerhoff's grandmother was here, 90 years old, and I sat with her and talked with her last Sunday. And I said, how long have you been serving Jesus? And she said, 87 years. I said, thank you. Thank you for fighting the good fight of faith. And what she said to me is like, she began to talk to me about all the times when she was using her spiritual language to stay strong in her faith. See, Ryan, I'm beat up and I'm, I'm, I'm discouraged and I'm frustrated and I don't know how to break through. And Ryan, I've read that scripture like you told me to and I prayed that prayer like you told me to and I went to the small group and they all drove me nuts and so I left and I went on that long drive and I did that thing and I said that prayer. Ryan, what else do I do? Paul teaches us that your supernatural spiritual language, a person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally. That word means built. It means renewed, rebuilt. It means to take a foundation, something that's been broken down, and literally begin to put it back together. When you begin to speak in your spiritual language, the scripture teaches us that you are literally being built up. This is our biblical self-talk. I stopped doing psychological self-talk, which I did for a long time. You know the sayings on your mirror? I am great. I am good. I am handsome. You know what I started doing? Looking at myself in the mirror and speaking in my spiritual language. What's happening is the Holy Spirit is self-talking my soul and reminding me, okay, build up your faith. That's what Paul wrote in Jude chapter 20. Look what he said. My dear friends, carefully build yourselves up in the most holy faith. How? By praying in the Holy Spirit to build up your faith. This is why I did this series. This moment right here. Because many of us, have done all of the natural things to try to experience breakthrough in our life. And the Holy Spirit has written this in Scripture to tell you, I have a gift for you. You don't have to do it in public. You don't have to walk around and do it or come on the stage. This is between you and Jesus. This is the Holy Spirit working and talking through you, praying on your behalf. And I did this series because there are so many followers of Jesus that have whited it out of Scripture because they don't understand it. There's something supernatural here that when my son and my daughter were struggling, when I was going through a season where I didn't even know if I wanted to serve God, seasons where I would have too much to drink, I would use alcohol instead of the Holy Spirit, where I would in past, a long time past, use pornography as a way to cope instead of the Holy Spirit. 
I would use Netflix or I would use eating or I'd use I just now I realize there is nothing on this planet that will see breakthrough in my life like using the supernatural gift that God has given me to begin to speak in my supernatural language that God has given me and I'm waging war against the evil one and I'm praying the perfect will for my life and I'm praying things for you and for this church and for our families that no one else understands. The Holy Spirit's working in me and speaking through me in a way that I never could have done it. I don't deserve it. All I did was say, okay, Holy Spirit, I want to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter two, it says, repent. Clear your life of sin. Repent. Be water baptized. And you will receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So, right, how do I do it? Well, we're going to respond today. I'm not going to pull you up. I'm not going to speak in tongues in your ear. We're just going to worship. I'm going to take the next 10 minutes. We're just going to worship the Lord. That's all we're going to do for the next 10 minutes. We're just going to respond. And as we respond to here today, what's going to happen is, is you're just going to lift your hands. And you don't have to do it out loud. You just whisper it. Open your mouth and the Holy Spirit will begin to put little words in your mouth. And you just be by faith, begin to say it. Begin to stir yourself with it. I promise you. I remember the time when this happened to Andrew. It happened to Joel. I remember this time when it happened to my children. They came to me and said, Dad, I want to speak in tongues. And I remember sitting in my home and I was sitting there. I said, you want to speak in tongues? They said, yes. I said, stand up. Let's just begin to worship. They begin to worship. And I said, right now, and I prayed for them. And my children began to speak in tongues. And I asked them yesterday. I said, hey, guys, you still speak in tongues? And Ezra says, Dad, every time I'm afraid, I begin to speak in my spiritual language. Brad, he's still speaking. He says, Dad, but I don't know what to do. Dad, but I'm just worried about life. I just begin to speak in tongues, Dad. And I'm like, hey, come on. This is the, the faith of a child to receive everything that God has for us. Say, yes, God. I just want everything you have for me. Do you stand to your feet? We're going to sing this song together. We're just going to respond. Remember, this is between you and the Lord. I can't do this for you. I, I, I can't make you want this. All we can do right now is just be open. And if you want it today, it's very simple. All you have to do is just open your heart, open your mouth, have faith. And as we worship today, open your spirit up to the Lord and begin to say prayers. Just begin to worship. And all of a sudden, you'll begin to feel the Lord fill your mouth and you just begin to say it. And the Holy Spirit's going to begin to baptize you today. Come on, let's worship the Lord. Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus.